Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Ben Samuels, and this is another episode of Coffee and Liquidity, the podcast that sits nicely at the intersection of curiosity and business. The American dream can mean so many different things to so many different people. There's no one right answer. There's no one right path forward. But let's talk about ways to set yourself up and your family up for financial freedom in the future. All right, Terrence, I appreciate you joining us today. Um, episode, I think it's 14 of uh, Coffee and Liquidity. Uh, you and I have known each other for a, a couple of few years now. I think we I think we actually originally met on, you know, met and networked through LinkedIn. We uh, did. You know, we did. Great story there, right? Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and I've, uh, you know, like I said, have known each other for a couple of years now. We'd love to kind of start with, with that, you know, kind of give some people a little bit about yourself, your story, uh, and then we find uh, find after the podcast if they want to learn more, you know, reach out to you. Perfect. My name is Terrence, and I'm the principal of Crafty Communications. We are a video production agency that is located in uh, the heart of Oklahoma City. So actually, we'll be uh, in business for five years come this March. So that is incredible. Also uh, crazy to think about that it's been that long. For me, I grew up born and raised in Oklahoma. I went to Midwest City High School, then moved to Oklahoma City for college, went to Oklahoma City University for my bachelor's degree, and got my master's at OU in public administration. So my... Oh my- well, administration is usually like government leaning, isn't it? Or is that mm-hmm. in my yeah? Okay. Well, it was either Ben. It was either that or it was law school. Okay. So, uh, uh, <laughs> so it was either the GRE or the LSAT. So um, I, you know, sit went with the masters. So um, I still do have some, you know, aspirations to go in political office, but just not right now. So uh, my love for video and uh, visual storytelling came in high school. Took a class in called journalism and bomber news, and uh, I picked up my first camera. It was a Canon Rebel, can you believe it? And uh, just learned how to shoot, learned how to film, learned how to keep people entertained by watching it, and uh, always, always kind of fell in love with it. From the editing process to people watching on the students watching it on the TV screens in the classrooms, and just seeing people's reaction, and that's kind of what really like kind of fueled my passion for it was seeing people how they reacted to something that I created. Wanted to be a lawyer. So I went to school to not be a lawyer, but got a degree in mass communications and then got my master's in public administration. And now I ended up in what I love to do, which is video. So that's a little bit about my story. So No, that's awesome. Um, so I'm curious, what is that creative process like for you when you're, you know, when you're onboarding with a new client or tackling a new project? What, uh, you know, what is some of that? Um, I think everybody sort of goes at that process differently. We'd love to hear some of how you tackle that. So we, I, I like to ask a lot of questions up front because meeting expectations, as you and I both know, are very, super important. <laughs> very, very important. Because um, do you know who M. Night Shyamalan is? He's, he's, uh, he's a movie director. Director yes, of yep. Defense Signs. So I'm going to, hopefully this isn't controversial when I say something about him. So if you were a fan of his, I apologize. You may get offended when I'm going to tell you. But, uh, you know, I never want to be a director like how he is. Like he always, his movies are so good. And then they end just terribly. And I just think because he's selfish in terms of his creative direction, you know, he 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 wants to do what's best for himself and what he thinks movie needs versus what is actually best for the film itself. So as creative people, we struggle with, in, you know, kind of enforcing our own creative vision onto our clients' videos. So then it stops becoming their video and becomes our video. And then it's like all this conflict. But really, we're, we're hired to create a video from what they want. So we have to leave our own personal biases and what we would do and all that stuff out of it. If they ask for a direction, we do that. But um, our company, we ask a lot of questions up front. And so we kind of, you know, set it clear, like, you know, 
this is how far I'm going to go with being the creative director on this, but you are the creative director. So whatever you want, we're going to make it happen. Um, I will give creative, creative input, but this is your video project. This is your vision. I don't want to make sure I, you know, um, I meddle or do anything that goes against that. Um, and so it's very important that we always meet expectations up front. Before we start any video project, we always sit down, have a conversation, ask a lot of questions, and make sure we have the same I have expectations that I need to meet and they have expectations that I'm going to exceed. Yeah, I know. I think that's really important. I mean, at the end of the day, that's applicable across really anything that you do, right? Even like in business. I mean, if you, if you have a client, it's really, I'm, I agree with you. I mean, it's about asking the right questions that gives you the right information to yeah. be able to operationalize that and, 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 you know, make the dream work. Right. And mm -hmm. I think that's a really important piece in the sense that, you know, asking the right questions in order to get the information that's, you know, going to help you make the right decisions and, and put together the project the right way. And so maybe that's the better question. What are some of those, what are some of those questions or what, you know, what are some of the things that you're looking for from a client, uh, you know, that really kind of dial in? Cause I think that that there's so much noise, right? There's so yeah. much information that it's important to really understand the mission at the, you know, so, so how, how do you go about doing that? So we like to send out a video discovery form and so a few of the questions I'm going to highlight for this for this piece here is I always want to make sure I ask, um, you know, why do your customers or your clients choose to work with you? That's a, always a good starting point. And most of the time, that is the hardest question because they don't I don't understand. Well, well, I don't know. Well, it has to be something about your business, about what you're doing that makes someone work with you. That's a good starting point. And then what is your brand mission? What is your mission? What is your organization's mission? Like what like what is it that drives your organization? And then the third question is always um, we kind of ask: Is it a branding video? Is it a sales video? Or is it an informational video? Three different types of videos. So most of the time, people come to us with, "Why well, I want I want a video that showcases our company." Okay, great. Um, so is that more of a branding type? Is that more of a sales or like, what are you going to do with it? You're going to give it to your sales team to prospect with and take the trade shows and conferences and play at the, the, the booths that you have, the exhibits, or is it going to be used on social media? You're going to push it out with some advertising or is it going to be on your website? So once we kind of nail down the specific exactly what the video is going to be used for, then we can kind of create the overall vision for the video. So I'm curious, what are some, what's some of your perspective on you know, uh, the appropriate medium to, to put out different social media or different postings in the sense that I think there's certain things that are uh, you know, more appropriate on LinkedIn versus Twitter. And, and there's, uh, you know, there's different ways to, to target those audiences. Um, you know, if you're talking about TV versus just a, a you know, internet campaign. And so um, what, what do you think, is it fair to say that most of your clients are oil and gas or is that, is that not accurate? Um, I would say that that's not accurate. I say we have a good mix of clients. Yeah. Okay. So actually in, in that case, um, across those different spectrums, are there, so like oil and gas, for instance, is that better communicated in, in, you know, some, you know, are you advising the clients in sort of, Hey, we need to do it this way. Or if you're talking to, I've seen some of your videos uh, with like banking clients. So you're at the banks and, and profiling those. Is that, you know, fundamentally just speaking to just different audiences or, or is it really just about the, the message, like you're saying, the branding? So it really comes down to exactly what is the, the video for? Um, I think everyone is now really big on ROI. That's a huge thing, especially when it comes to marketing. Um, whenever something bad happens, marketing is kind of always the first to go. So uh, now more than ever, marketing agencies are having to defend and, and their, their practices and, and why they do what they do. Um, we're a little bit different because we're not a marketing agency. We're a video production agency. But um, it's always important to figure out 
what exactly you want the video to do. Because if you want this video to bring in X amount of sales, whatever, then that's going to look very different than probably the bank video that you're talking about. Um, it's going to be very, it's going to be shot differently. It's going to look different. It's going to feel different, right? Because two minute videos not going to capture a lot of people's interests. So the sales video is going to be a lot shorter, a lot to the point with a huge CTA um, call to action. So, um, but if it's more show for a branding video, then it'll probably will be about 90 seconds to two minutes. You know, it's probably is going to have a whole different music and different vibe. It's gonna be a little bit more heartfelt. It's gonna, you know, be a more, you know, a more emotional type of response we're, we're, we're trying to get after, especially if you're a nonprofit. So again, it, it, like you said before, it really comes down to the target audience who you're trying to reach with the video. Uh, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, and and you guys are based in Oklahoma City. Um, are, are most of your clients in in the Oklahoma Texas region, or or uh, or just? Uh, I mean, are you guys global, or what's the perspective on the clientele too? Um, so uh, most of our clients are in Oklahoma and Texas. Um, so Midland, Houston, um, and then Oklahoma City, Edmond, Norman, of course. Um, and we we have done some work um, in you know, um, just remote work, especially during COVID. We've done quite a bit of remote work um, throughout the country as well, but predominantly just Texas and Oklahoma for now. Is it fair to say that the video marketing, I know that's one of your specialties and one of the things that we're really focusing on today, is, is it fair to say that that market is, I, mean, I, I, feel, I find it so fascinating that we, we're inundated with so much YouTube and so much content and all, all these videos, but at the end of the day, I think, going back to what I said before a second ago, I mean, I think it's a lot of it is so much noise and it's really hard to sort of get above the noise. Um, you know, do you sort of see, I could kind of make the argument that there's some sort of exhaustion in, in people just in general to you know be consuming that, but I could also see, you know, the argument for, you know, we're just sort of in the infancy of, of you know, this medium. Um, where, you know, what do you think about that? Do you think that video marketing is, you know, at a peak or, or, or are we still, ramping up i think we just scratched the surface it's it's only gonna get more and more and more honestly i mean everyone is consuming videos it's just it's just at a, at a high consumption rate by you know you know I, I so i'm not too young to know about blockbuster <laughs> right and right. uh you know i remember when netflix was mailing the dvds in the mailing box i got to choose which one i wanted to come in the mail and everyone's you know knocking netflix and blockbuster's way to go and now look who's still standing. So um, we're seeing a lot more, e even even um, broadcast televisions like CBS and NBC and Fox, they're now doing their own streaming channels, right? They're now taking shows off Netflix and, and playing their own. So it's only going to get more and more and more competitive. And I think we're starting to see even like yourself doing podcasts like this and, and playing videos like that. Um, yeah, it's a lot of content, but there's someone out there that wants the content. They're going to watch it. Um, and then I think that people are realizing that there's just so many different people that want so much different things and want to consume. And I think you're going to find exactly what you want to watch and how you want to stream it, how you want to engage with it. Um, so I say the more, the better, honestly, it, it never hurts. All right, folks. Appreciate you listening to the show today. Hope you're enjoying it. If you're ready to start a podcast, if you're listening to the show today and you've heard something that has lit the fire under you and you're ready to go, check out Podbean. Go ahead and go to alderonventures.com backslash affiliate dash partners. One more time, that is A-L-D-E-R-A-A-N-V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S.com backslash affiliate dash partners. If you're looking for a user-friendly interface, that integrates everything from publishing to management, syndication, analysis, everything that you need in an easy to use, intuitive podcasting package, 
Check out podbean.com. It is the solution. It is the answer. One more time, alderonventures.com backslash affiliate dash partners. Back to the show. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I mean, you know, hearing you say that, you're, I think you're absolutely right. I, I guess it comes from... I guess it's really like a personal thing. I, I sometimes I get sort of fatigued by the just the inundation of, of so much consumable content. Because at the end of the day, you know, to stay up to speed with, you know, I can't I can't imagine how much uh, you know the, the of the creative process that uh, for you is sort of informed by the other things that you're watching, and you got to be like kind of making sure that you're on top of current trends or whatever. Um, and and I know like there's times where like there's something that I'm passionate about that I'm in, you know that I uh, that I happen to do for work. And I get sort of like fatigued by, you know, by continuing to do it just because of that sort of, you know, you need a break. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. So what are some of the things that you've got planned for 2022? What's on the horizon for, uh, for you and for Crafty? So we're going to go to VidCon uh, as our first ever video conference. Um, so in five years of making for this, but I'm super excited. Like I said before, um, you know, if you want to get better at your craft, you have to keep practicing, you have to keep learning. Um, I mean, doctors are obviously, they're required to, you know, learn and practice every single day because, you know, it's huge. So it's only fair for, you know, if I'm calling myself a video expert, I need to learn about current trends and, and stay on top of it. So I'm looking forward to VidCon, looking forward to learning people that are much better than me and been in this this, this industry for way longer and has have all different tips and tricks. You know, we stand on the back of giants. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. So, and there's a lot of people that wants to help and want to be there and help you succeed and grow. So I'm looking forward to VidCon. Um, I am also, I also filmed two movies this year. I know we did not talk about that. Um, so we're going to, yeah. So uh, we filmed two movies this year, um, which was super exciting. I learned a lot more about uh, being behind the camera, also in front of the camera, because I started it as well. So nice. I've learned so much about how for my clients, when they get nervous or when they get tongue, or, you know, they get tongue tied or they feel uncomfortable in the camera. I now know what I did help me feel that way when I was in front of the camera and now I'm helping them with that. And so also just different um using different equipment and different shots, different angles. You know, we're using all the stuff that we learned at these films for our videos at Crafty. And so our videos are, you know, 3,000 times, you know, just much, just more, just just awesome. It's just, it's just great. Um, so we're going to push those two movies out next year at different film festivals and see how they do. That's awesome. Yeah. Are you allowed to tell me a little bit about each one? Yeah, yeah. So the first one is The House That Eve Built. Um, okay, so how I got in love with moving art visual art is with with horror movies i watch horror movies all my life and i'm a horror movie buff and i uh, have a horror movie podcast coming out here soon called the crafty horror show awesome. and so last year i kind of just got so burned out in videos you know doing videos talking about videos i got so burned out i kind of lost my passion i'm like i don't know what to do and then one of my friends was like well you know what is one thing that you think that's impossible for you to do i'm like uh make a movie well then make a movie i'm like that's impossible <laughs> uh well because of because of just everyone's making videos and making movies and the different platforms that you can put you know streamed and everything else for your for your personal work it's just it came just so much more different than it was 20 years ago to make a movie people were making movies with their with iphone 12s and 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 samsung galaxies now so um but no, going through that process, I just fell back in love with video and why I made video and why I continue to do it. And so the first movie is called The House That Eve Built. It's a movie about um, a brother who goes to a house to get his 
um, the Seats brothers' belongings and to find out what happened to his brother and his wife in this house. And he finds out um, there's something sinister that is waiting there for him. And that one was shot in Oklahoma City last year and this year. And then the unintended sequel is a direct sequel to that movie. But it's a... I can't give much away about that because it's kind of a spoiler if I do, but that's a slasher film. We pay homage to all of my favorite 90 horror movies, uh, Scream. I know what you did last summer. So I'm excited. So, um, so are there, uh, are there like niche, uh, film festivals in Oklahoma or, or, um, uh, where, where might you, where might we see these next year? So we're going to hopefully premiere at the dead film festival in Oklahoma city next year. Um, and then we have two lofty goals of trying to premiere it at the Chicago Film Festival, which is one I've always loved, the Chicago Film Festival, and then Sundance Film Festival, too. Um, and then possibly the Independent Spirit Film Festival in Los Angeles. That's awesome. Well, I, I, I'm rooting for you. I hope, uh, I hope they do fantastically. Thank and, you. Uh, do, you have, do you have like a percent? Um, what's the first one of those on the, on the radar? Like, what's the first one of the year next year, Gina? Yeah, so the House of oh, Deep Built, which is a short film that will be uh, coming out in january so we're doing a soft okay. premiere in january and then um we're gonna hopefully premiere the trailer to the sequel and hopefully at a local theater also by the way too so um january and then the unintended sequel will get a full premiere in march yes. so I, I know that uh you know like i said early in the podcast you and i met on linkedin and, and networked um, through there uh i think we both uh you know, have grown uh, some, you know some strong followings on there and see that you know i do i was talking to somebody earlier today i mean i i do a considerable amount if not most of my business off of you know something generated from linkedin um on the, on the marketing side for crafty and not necessarily the video marketing although i you know I'm sure you guys also put out content for for crafty but you know how how do you sort of see linkedin do you agree with me is, is linkedin a main um, force for you um are, are you guys on twitter i'm not sure if, if we're connected on twitter yet um, what, what are you guys doing on sort of the marketing side, you know, agency wide? Um, so we are on LinkedIn and I would say that I probably get 52 or 53%. I just looked at this a few days ago, this business from LinkedIn. So, um, I'm pretty adamant on LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is a great, um, unfortunately underutilized, um, platform yeah. for a lot of business professionals. Um, and that's how I, you know, a lot of my work is my share my videos and and um, tag different people in the comments, just just building the brand out there. So I would say LinkedIn has been a great um, marketing tool for Crafty, and then um, also we do um, Facebook and a Facebook page that we're pretty adamant on as well. Um, I'm also in a few di- different networking groups as well, referral groups. So, but I'll say LinkedIn has been a huge help for my business over the past few years. Isn't it, isn't it Meta now? Don't we have to start calling it Meta? Sorry, Meta. Yeah, meta. <laughs> you know, Facebook is one of those, you know, or Meta, whatever, whatever uh, it is. You know, um, it is one of those that you know. So I have one primarily, if not exclusively, to stream this. Really, I, like I don't think I I spend more than a few minutes on on Facebook, um, really at all. But uh, but I think that you know that's I think that that's probably a mistake. I, I guess it's more of a it's more of a mental block than anything, really. Mm-hmm. Like I I just sort of I struggle with you know. You know, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, what I was about to say is that most of that uh, most of that platform is like uh, you know the older generation, um, and is sort of morphed in, in uh, into in a way. But you know, there, there's probably a lot of investment capital in those worlds. I don't know. Maybe I should be on on Facebook, Terrence. Maybe maybe I'm talking myself into it. Yeah, yeah. maybe you're talking <laughs> into it. That's- um, it's, it's funny because I feel like that um, you're all right about the older generation. You know, before it was younger generation. 
was on Facebook and, mm-hmm. and then, you know, our parents start coming, then friending us on Facebook. And then that got a little weird. So then we moved to Instagram and then Snapchat. And then, you know, our parents start getting Snapchat, which is really weird. And then, you know, uh, you know, so then now, now there's TikTok, right? So, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I had a TikTok. I don't have it anymore. I had a TikTok account for a little while. Like, I, 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 I had a feeling that you were going to tell me that you had a TikTok account. Yeah, I did. I, and I didn't make any videos, but I, I, I was just watching. It. And I'll tell you, a lot of the, the older people on that um, were hysterical. I mean, some of that stuff is really funny. Yeah. Um, and, and it's interesting to me that there were a lot of people, and, and I'm, and this might just not you know, me. I might be wrong here, but it seemed to me there was a lot of like new personalities that came out like for the first time, quote unquote, on TikTok. In other words, like there was a lot of these older personalities that didn't like have an Instagram and then transition to TikTok. Like the first sort of social media following they had was on TikTok, and I find that fascinating that these like these people either weren't utilizing any platform or didn't know how to like utilize a platform prior to TikTok, and uh, you know it's just. I don't know. I think I guess there was Vine too, but I, I think that there's. I feel like there's like a substantive difference there. Maybe it's just the time. To, maybe it's like the because Vine was only six seconds. Is that right? Am I remembering mm-hmm. that right? Well, the thing with TikTok too that um, I, I've done only a few videos of TikTok, but uh, you know it, it takes people think that you just go out and you record this awesomeness. It, it actually takes quite a bit of time to come up with content, especially for TikTok. And then you get a following and they have to maintain that following. You have to grow that following. So then you're doing more and more and more videos. So um, it's a lot. I mean, Hey, more power to the influencers that, that has the time to devote to that. So, yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, it's, um, I think it's the classic, you know, you, when you see like, uh, you know, the, the people that have 10, 20, 50 million followers, you know, you, you see all the, you know, the three videos a day and, and the production value and all that. Uh, but you don't see, you know, that that person, when they first started TikTok, did, you know, 50 values with garbage production value and had like one go viral and, and made it happen. But you don't yeah. see sort of the, the, you know, what it takes to, to get to that yeah. level, right? And it's mm-hmm. just like that unrealistic. And I, you know, you and I have talked about this, I think, off air, that unrealistic, unrealistic expectation of performance perfection of you know with the counterbalance of you know just put the content out and, and let it speak for itself and, and you know that that's the win sort of mentality and i think that there's a lot of value in that um you know making sure that the, the message is, is correct but not you know not not erring on the side of not publishing content when compared to publishing volume would you you know i assume you agree with that yeah i mean it's you have to be intentional right if you're going to mm-hmm. do tiktok or any videos for fun then let that be for fun, right? Sometimes, you know, I think that we as individuals, we, how can I say this as to doesn't offend anyone? But uh, I feel like that we all want to be liked at some point, right? So whether we like post a video and it gets three or four likes, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, that was fun. But then you get that one viral moment, you get 2000 likes, all these shares. It's just something happens where it's just like, okay, I need to recreate this, right? So now you're constantly doing other videos, trying to recreate that magic. And it's not funny anymore. You're mm-hmm. trying to chase that, that, you know, you don't hit it big that one time. You're just a, you know, one hit wonder. Then you're always going to kind of be chasing that one hit wonder. So um, yeah, just be intentional. If you're going to do it for fun, then just do it for fun. Don't don't worry about the likes. Turn off the like count. Turn off the comments and just post for fun. But if you're going to be make, trying to make money out of it, become an influencer and, and, and do all that stuff, then you, it's going to take time. Be intentional. So Take a quick break, quick, quick, and uh, tell people where they can find you or where they can follow up with you after the podcast if they want to learn more or talk to you about uh, your, your, what you do. Yep. So uh, you can go to craftyok.com. 
Um, or you can go follow us on Instagram at craftycom. Um, or you can follow us on LinkedIn, Craft Communications. Or you can connect with me on LinkedIn. It's Terrence Craft, uh, comma, MPA, probably an MPA. So feel free to connect with me. Um, and yeah. Awesome. I want to talk to you a little bit more. And, and, and actually, I'm going to defer to you, Terrence, because I, I don't even know the right question to ask here. What, um, what, what I'd like to he- uh, hear from you is just kind of paint me a picture of where you think the video marketing uh, you know, world is going in the next like five, 10 years. What do you think are some of the things that like aren't being thought of right now or sort of like, what, you know, kind of d- down down the fairway a little bit? Because um, I think, you know, it's, it's fascinating to think, I forget exactly what year, but I mean, YouTube has only been around for what, 15, 20 years, give or, t- you know, give or take something like that. And the unbelievable advancement that we've seen sort of you know, in that time frame. What do you think like sort of the next iteration of that is? Well, you know, that's hard to say because uh, I think YouTube isn't going to go anywhere anytime soon. Um, I think that it's, what's great about YouTube is that it's ever changing and it's ever growing. And YouTube's very aware of itself, right? Unlike other social media platforms, uh, YouTube is very aware of itself. It's constantly listening, listening. It's uh, listening to feedback, constructive criticism, and it's taking all that in, right? I remember when YouTube was just, you know, YouTube and you watched all the music videos from your favorite artists, celebrities, and, and all that stuff. I remember Avril Lavigne's girlfriend was like the most watched video at that time, which is crazy to think about. That was like years ago. Um, but now people are consuming videos now through Instagram, right? Now through, you can now do Snapchat. You can, you know, a- Apple Music is now a huge player now in, in, the, in streaming. So it's, it's crazy to think about. I, it's, it's hard to say because I think video marketing is, is constantly going to change and it's, it's trying to keep up because um, I, mean, I wasn't anticipating a lot of these um, broadcast companies like NBC, CBS to ever do a streaming situation like to compete with Netflix. Um, but they are, right? And that's some really good branding for people who wants to try to do some ad space on that or um, – but it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, no, I think you're right. You know, and if you're, no, I, I've thought about this, and I don't know enough about the market to know whether, like, it's a, you know, I don't know the economics well enough. Let me say it that way. Um, but I think it's a fascinating pr- uh, proposition that these companies are, you know, taking their content off of other platforms and, and creating an isolated one, and sort of that give and take of. And again, I don't know the math, but you know, take take an NBC. You know, does it make sense for them to? have an isolated platform as opposed to onboarding with the other platforms. And is that really a revenue driver for, uh, for them? Or to your point, is it purely or shouldn't say purely, but is it more weighted towards a branding decision of, yes, we may, we may lose some revenue, but the, you know, dollars to dollars, but the branding value of having our own platform, being able to do our own thing is much more valuable in the long run. Do you have a feeling of kind of where that balances? Um, well, I, ha- I have a, I have like a, an opinion, um, an opinion, but when it happened, of course, like everyone else, when they start taking shows like friends off Netflix and, and putting on HBO max. Yeah. I think, think we were all kind of a little upset. Um, but honestly, you know, it, it makes sense, right? You want to get more piece of the pie. So right now we're seeing artists like Taylor Swift, who's, who's fighting for more, um, equity and more ownership of their own music. Um, cause usually, you know, studios gets to own the artist, the artist masters early on. And so we're starting to see a lot more artists demanding more ownership of, of different numbers, especially with streaming, you know, streaming is huge right now with music. So it only makes sense that these TV companies wanted more piece of the pie, right? They wanted more piece, you know, of, of, of the shows. I don't know. I don't know how it works, whatever, but um, to, to me, I understand it. I mean, yeah, it's inconvenience. You have to go purchase now 
you want to watch Star Trek or whatever, you have to go to CBS Access. You want to watch, you know, Friends or Game of Thrones, you have to go to HBO Max. You know, whatever shows on, you know, on Peacock, whatever, Paramount. So it's a, it's you know, a lot. Yeah, I guess, I guess hearing you say that, I'm probably in the vast minority in, in the sense that uh, there have been a number of times where like, I was watching a show. I'm, thinking, I'm not coming up with an example offhand, but there was like I was watching a show and it got deplatformed from one and went to an isolated one. And, and I don't watch nearly enough television to really ever justify like buying another platform. Um, and, and so like that, that just means that they like you know, that, that they're not getting my dollars, but you're right. If, if, if the model is, oh, that person, like customer is just going to follow the content and like subscribe to the new one, then, you know, then it's a, that's the clear win. Right. But I wonder, I wonder what that balance, like, I guess that's the balance. I wonder what that balance is. Of but look what how much other content is. because of that though. Right. Because I mean, they're rebooting a lot of shows. Um, I mean, they're coming back with a lot of shows that you know, were used to be off air. Uh, I mean, just it's a, it's actually an exciting time, um, just from just from a standpoint where you know you, I'm trying to think of the show they just brought back that um, I mean they're bringing back a lot of shows um, mm-hmm. um, just 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 for um, Picard on CBS Access right you know uh, so they bring back a lot of shows that are only for that particular network and yeah you have to spend your money wisely and where you're going to go from Hulu Netflix and other stuff now but that's free market for you so. All right. Thanks for listening to the show. Really appreciate the support. Guys, if you're from West Texas or another area in the country that doesn't have access to high quality, fresh fish on a daily basis, you know the struggle of, you know, you just want a good quality cut of salmon, halibut, cod, maybe some lobster, shrimp, calamari, scallops, something. But you just can't find it at the supermarket. Guys, Sizzlefish is the answer. Mission is simple. They want you to eat well and live better. It makes a huge difference. They have a fantastic website. It's super easy to buy, subscribe, get discounts, etc. Check it out, orderonventures.com backslash affiliate dash partners and scroll to the link for Sizzlefish. I'm going to go ahead and drop the link in the show notes for you guys. Check it out. Let me know what you think. And with that, let's get you back into the show. Thanks, guys. Sir, could you ever see yourself uh, you know, uh, doing something on like a TV show or, or movie? Is is that uh, a, a goal of yours at any point? Uh, you know, one of my dreams was to always do um, PR marketing for um, a movie, and, and now I'm doing that with my own my own films. But uh, I would actually, you know, love to do some more films for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, short films, whatever. I think it's a really great process. Uh, just the whole process of filming and, and creating it from pre to post and everything. So I could definitely see myself doing that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, um, Terrence, I, I know we're, uh, we're running a little bit uh, short on time here. So um, uh, for people that are watching, if you want to follow up with, uh, with us or you know, uh, with my side, AlderOnVentures.com. Uh, there's some affiliate partners on there. Would love to. I'm showing your support. There's some uh, good uh, Christmas sales. There's actually some really cool stuff on there. Uh, so it's a l d e r a a n Ventures.com. Um, Terrence, so what are some what are some tips? I know that you and I, like again, you and I have known each other for a little while. We've had a number of conversations. Sort of, you know, you've you've coached me along at times. Um, I think really there was a point where you you were one of the main voices in my head of like you need to just start making content. And, and so for people watching, uh, you have Terrence to either thank or blame at least partially for for seeing me on camera as much as as much as you do, good or bad. 
Um, but I'm curious, what what do you, what is some of that advice that you would give somebody that's just sort of like trying to figure out how to find their voice, or or what you know, what are the, some of the things? Because I think one of the struggles that I had and have to a degree, but I'm, I think I'm better at it now. But is sort of to your point earlier, one of the things you said is you, you're looking for the client to sort of tell tell you what it needs to look like and what the vision is. A lot of times, you know, I find myself sort of lacking even that basic understanding. And so what would you tell someone on more of the content creator side that's you know sort of trying to find their voice on the social media platforms, how to do that? Well, I, I would first say get a sheet of paper, get a piece of uh, a pen and write out three things that you want to say. So if you're thinking about doing a video, um, write out three things that you want to say. And if it takes you longer than five minutes to write those things out, then maybe it's not time for you to, you know, do a video right now, or, or maybe something very simple, you know, um, and I wanted, to, I wanted, I'm glad I got to get this back to me because I wanted to finish what you said about, uh, the direction I see video going in the next 15 years. Um, you know, cell phones are just ever constantly, you know, getting more and more innovative. You know, you can now shoot, um, 4k footage on your iPhone, you know, that that's crazy. Right. right so, yeah. Um, you have the tool at your disposal of how to create really great content. It's right in front of you. So the only thing is practice. So if nothing comes to mind, you write out three things of what you want to talk about when you try to do a video, then just practice. Um, and to Ben's standpoint, I remember I had to like pulling teeth with him to get him to do video, <laughs> you know, and now look at him right now. He's like doing all this. It's awesome. So I think like you just have to find out what you're passionate about, find out what you want to talk about, find out, you know, even if a hundred people don't really care about what your content, there's probably going to be a few that does. And they're going to come on, they're going to engage with you. And then that'll give you some practice of how to get better, how to perfect, right? Um, you may start doing stuff on your phone and you have like three or four followers. And then you get an actual professional camera and now you have a hundred followers, right? And now you have a full production company that's doing all your videos and you have thousands of followers. So um, it starts with that very first thought you have, like, well, do I have something to talk about, something to share? And honestly, we all do. There's a lot of great, interesting things that a lot of people do that um, I would love to know, you know, learn more about. So, you know, I think the podcast is great. I've watched a few episodes and um, I think it's great. Never would have thought of you doing this like when we talked, you know, all those years ago. <laughs> but, you know, you, uh, you know, you, you kept going after it and you adjusted and you modified and you kept evolving as you went with it. That's all that matters. You know, it's, inter it's interesting because I, I had a podcast back when I was an undergrad at college. Uh, it was about uh, fantasy baseball and fantasy football. And so I'm not necessarily new to the podcasting world. And I don't, it's, it's interesting that, I, you know, I, I find it substantively more difficult. And this isn't what we're talking about today, but I find it substantively more difficult to write, um, you know, and, and you know, I shouldn't say, well, I, I'm lucky that writing comes easily to me, but but I, I in terms of like coming up with content that I feel comfortable publishing is a much more it's a much higher bar than like turning this thing on and just starting to go like this. I find this pretty easy, you know. Again, for better or worse, but you know the uh, the writing process is uh, I don't know if you've done much writing on, on you know, um, but that is I think it is such a different art, but it more for me it's a lot more tedious. It is. It, I, and I struggle with it too. I mean, coming with content is very hard. It's, it's, it's super hard. And what, what makes it harder 
is that it's coming from you, right? So it has to be at a certain level. It has to be at, you know, um, especially people start engaging with your posts and, you know, we have all these questions. So it has something that you're very thoughtful about and you put time into. So um, I I think that's the biggest thing is time. Like, do you have the time that you want to sit and dedicate to one coming with the content to doing it the right way and through having the time to engage with it. If anyone from your, you know, followers or your friends want to comment on it, do you have time to actually respond to the comments? So time is the biggest thing. So yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And one of the things that I that I identified quickly hadn't really thought about until I started the writing process. But one of the things that was ever present was you know, I talk enough into this thing that, you know, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty aggressively, I, I, well, let me say it this way. I have a very specific and very obvious take on news media and how they cover the world, right? And so I, you know, if I'm ever going to write something, I need to make sure that, that the content is in service to what I think is, you know, a fully formed argument and, and like, well, you know, well done. And so again, going back to what you said, that bar is super high because, you know, I like I eviscerate the media on, you know, like on a daily basis. And so I, you know, if I'm going to write something, I can't be part of the problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but to, but to your point, we are our own biggest critics, right? So sometimes Ben, you're probably sitting on awesome content in here, but you're, you just, your own head won't let you put it out there. And so it just stays in here. And that's how with all of us, we're our own worst critics. We really are. And so there's a lot of great content that we have inside of us. We're either, one, scared to put it out because we're scared how it's going to be perceived because some of us don't like controversy. Two, we like controversy, um, and we but we don't want to get suspended off that platform again, you know? So it just, um, it's crazy. But once you get out of your own way and just put it out there, you'll be amazing how people will be receptive to it. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Terrence, I appreciate you coming in. Appreciate you sharing with us uh, some fast and fantastic stuff. I wish you the best of luck on the uh, two movie premieres. I, uh, 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 if you want to send me some dates, I'll maybe uh, you know I'll try to get try to get out there and see. Would love to circle up with you. Maybe I guess timeline wise, I think you said the last the next showing or the second showing would be in like June, so maybe end of summer. Would love to circle back up and hear about uh, you know, how it went. But perfect, uh, love it. Hope you have a great holiday season. Are you are you staying in town for Christmas, New Year's? You got anything I- planned? I am staying in town this year. Yes. Staying in town. Awesome. Well, thank you, sir. You have a great weekend. All right. Thanks, Ben. Always a pleasure. Appreciate it. All right. And that is a wrap. I am your host, Ben Samuels. This has been another episode of Coffee and Liquidity. Appreciate the support. Appreciate you guys showing up. Go ahead and check out alderonventures.com for more information about what we've got going on and future episode releases. Thanks, guys.